Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What up out there, podcast land? What y'all doing? Yes. Hey. What's hey. happening? Hey. What's up? Hey. Greetings. I was like, Danny, you want to you sit over there like you mute? I don't know. You were staring at me so hard before we started. I got nervous. Well, it takes like an hour and 15 minutes for our introduction to, to get through. So anyway, what's up out there, y'all? Hey, we're in the midst of summer. It's busy. It feels in the midst. like it. It's hot. There are bugs everywhere. There are bugs I was everywhere. gonna say, oh my, my home slice here. She's got some Japanese beetles in her yard, them big uh. birthday ones, and she's thinks there's some monstrosity <laughs> out of the pit of Hades. I think so. And it's so, true. they're disturbing. They're created by the enemy, <laughs> just for your terror. Maybe. <laughs> We're taking bets on how many you end up eating by the, the time they leave. When she first said it, and I didn't say anything because I was like, I was like. I wonder if she thinks that they're like, you know, in the book of Revelation, the thing that bust open and then these things come out of the, out of Sheol, yeah. uh, crying Abaddon, Abaddon, or yes. Apollyon. Well, they one of the, did sort of just appear. And just then, I mean, it's, one day. Are they horse-like? <laughs> and then they're just June bugs. Yeah. <laughs> they got to have teepees like the horse, <laughs> like lion oh. things or whatever. Have you ever read that passage? Them things are going to be... I want. I have asked actually somebody to draw me a picture, and I think they forgot That's, that I wanted somebody to just go and read it that I know somebody mm-hmm. on church that draws very mm-hmm. well, and <laughs> draw me a picture of what that sucker is going to look right. like. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. People are like, the "Bible's boring." Have you read it? Yeah, <laughs> people getting pinned to the ground through their head with a tent peg. That's right. Them animal. I'll just go read the Book of Revelation. Right. That's crazy good. Yep. Um. Hey, we're just getting back off a of fuge. What a week! Mm, VBS um, before that. VBS before that. I, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Still recovering. Um. You know, dealt with Brazil. Then I came home. Bless her heart. Miss Joanne went to see Jesus. So mm. dealing with the funeral and how that does, and then right into VBS. Then right into fuge. I'm like, I need a break, yo. Mm-hmm. Good thing so, you get to relax during the summer. Nothing yeah, going. Nothing on. going on, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, I am Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church, and I got my home slice with me, Miss Mona. Hey, hey. What's up, yo? And then I got Jelly Bean over there yep, yep. on the on the board. The ones and the twos. I can't, Man, you got them headphones on. Every time I look at you, I'm, I'm waiting for you to do a little riff. <laughs> You're going to be waiting for a while. <laughs> I mean, I seriously do, man. Tyler does. Yeah. Tyler does that. D, what's his name? DJ. DJ Turn. DJ yes. Turn. Yep. So... I just looked the part. That's all. <laughs> so, hey, Mona totally blew off me telling her to figure out what we were going to be teaching and 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 I talking the about buck. typical Mona. She passed the buck big time. <laughs> and so, as I was praying, actually Monday, um, no, yeah, no Tuesday, Monday was July the fourth. So, yep. as I was praying through it, um, w- would you guys agree with this statement? I'm sort of big into evangelism. <laughs> Fair statement. Okay. Fair statement. So I was thinking, let's do something with that. And so I went to the, uh, to me, the greatest chapter mm. on evangelism. 
uh, Luke chapter 15. Yeah. I, I've preached a series out of this one chapter. Um, so we're going to, Mona has challenged us to get past verse two today. <laughs> um, so may, this may just be an introductory. <laughs> I laughed at first, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, you might be onto something. Um, seriously, my spiritual gift, my number one gift with a, with a, um, arrow is, um, that of an evangelist. Yes. Evangelist, not evangelism. Uh, um, that is not a gift because people want to say evangelism because mm-hmm. then they say, well, I don't have the gift, so I don't have to do it. Right. Evangelist. Everybody has the gift in them at some point. Um, cause you have the Holy spirit in you. So you have mm-hmm. all the gifts, just some may not be as much as others. But I do. That's number one with an arrow is the gift of an evangelist. And I love to do it. I love to share the gospel. I, I don't understand why people don't want to share the gospel. <laughs> I, I, that really bugs me. Mm-hmm. If, and, and we use this illustration all the time. If you had the cure for cancer, you'd be sharing it like crazy. Well, we got something, the cure to something far worse than cancer, sin. Right. And yet people are too ashamed. I don't want to offend somebody. Well, you're going to not offend them right in the hell. They're going to be offended about something anyway. Might as well yeah, be that. We live in a culture of <laughs> offensiveness. I mean, everybody's offended by something. But anyway. So we're in Luke chapter 15. If you got your Bibles, pray that you do. And um, you know what's really stinky this week is there's no Callan's coffee. It's on they're on vacay. Yeah, Hank I, is really struggling with the I, fact that yes, there's no Callan's coffee. And um, so just should have stocked get, up before. I, I had my French press this morning, and it's just not but the still, same as stopping there. I have gotten to a point in life where <laughs> I'm willing to spend that two dollars a day. <laughs> so every day, my trek to church, I. I Maybe a it's touch a out, of way. out of the I way. I go by Callan's coffee. <laughs> a little that bit. I know. Me too. I was thinking about that. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. I know where you live. Man, it's not using Google Maps. <laughs> no, no, no. So my trek to church usually involves going by way of Callan's coffee. It is route. Yeah. Ooh, big word. So, I know. I like that word though. That. <laughs> Mandatory when you're a writer. I have big words yeah. every now and then. Yeah, I guess when you are a writer, you got to use those big words. <laughs> Did you use that in your commentary? I mean, your, your commentary, your little um, devotion? I, 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 I don't think so, because I'm about halfway through it for the third time. I know somebody has gone through it like five times. And oh, okay. So it's not no, good that I went through it for you. Okay. Got you. Got you. So I'm what nothing. I would say. Nothing. <laughs> got you. Oh, wow. my they Atlanta. They always take my words and twist it. Somebody's not the president of the fan club, so, apparently. How? So you're three, and... There, I just don't, I don't know. It just blows my mind. But now I will say, and I, I think I told you so today, I am, I am like really this time adding stuff, like some verses, just to back it up. Because at some point I'm going to die. And uh, whoever gets my books, <laughs> if they, when they pull out your little devotional, I want them to know other, I mean, it's a devotion. You can't put but so much in there. Right. But I can go back and write little mm-hmm. notes and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just encouraging statements. Um, I actually quoted Mona last night in Bible study. It is. <laughs> Hit the big time. I mean, he hasn't read, read it five times yet. But No, I haven't read it five times, but anyway. <laughs> so, I don't think I've read it five times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wrote it. I did write it. If I ever I get one, which I'm um, actually, it doesn't look like it, but in the process of sort of a book, um, if it ever gets transcribed <laughs> for me. Um, I, I'm not going to read it. 
It's like listening to your own podcast. Yeah, yeah I struggle, man. Mona yesterday, she's like, hey, did you listen to the podcast? She's wondering where you teased me about asking about where the verse was. And I was like, it's the very next verse. I'm like, ah, I just ain't feeling it right now. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yep. It was good So Luke chapter 15, let's jump in. Okay. Um, you go ahead and read, Dan, you pray, and yep. then we'll rock and roll. Okay. I'm read Luke 15, 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he, he, meaning Jesus, told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to uh, explore your, your word and share it with others. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you for for that fact, that, that fact that we rely on that you will go after the one, regardless of what this world says about them, regardless of how this world measures them. Uh, the math doesn't matter. You're going after the one. And we, we're so thankful for that because we've all been that one. So Heavenly Father, we just, we just pray that this be pleasing to you and that you guide our conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So anyway, so here we go. Uh, verse 1. So all these guys are are drawing near, and then the Pharisees, here they come. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> well, really, as I was looking at this morning and studying it, um, re- realized that really you have to back up to the end of 14 and look at the end of verse um I don't know what verse is, 35, where Jesus says, he who has a hear, let them let him hear. And then verse 15 starts with the, now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near because they were the ones who could he, who would hear mm. what he was saying. Mm. And whereas the Pharisees, we see that they're grumbling, they're not hearing. Right. Um, and so that now connects what has just been, because we have to remember that those chapters and verses weren't in the original manuscripts. So what? I know I'm just saying. You mean that's not how Luke wrote it? Like chapter <laughs> one, chapter. Yeah. <clears throat> but I heard, and look, I heard a, a pastor, and I'm gonna steal it. Um, when he's talking about the Pharisees and the scribes, he calls them the do-gooders. Mm. <laughs> you know, just the do-gooders. And so when when notice how they say, "This man receives sinners." What they're doing is they're questioning his validity because if you go back to Luke chapter seven, you know, when he's at the house of Simon and um, they say, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is wiping his feet mm-hmm. and that. And so they're calling them sinners here once again. And so, yeah, you do have the, those do-gooders, right? They're going, well, if you're really who you say you right. are, you right. should know these people right here. Right. They're a bunch of sinners. Well, and it it's so funny, uh, you know, when you sent out the text saying this is what we're going to cover, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know. And then I, yesterday I went through and I was reading, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, this is. But as time went on, I kept thinking about, well, what about this? And what, there's so many other, there's so much to this scripture that, that we take for granted. And so often in sermons, it'll start at verse three. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, one and two are just add on. And then right. you look, no, it's it's direct relation. Right. And so it's it's one of those things 
and and I'm going to try not to jump ahead so that I don't I don't break a, I don't make a liar out of out of Mona saying <laughs> we'll only get through two verses. But so often when we read this, we think, oh yes, I I was the lost the lost sheep and he came after me. Well, that's true. I'm not going to <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to argue with that one bit. But it's also true that that person, your least favorite person on this earth, is also that one. Mm. Yeah. And so often we want to say, yes, he came for me. And he did. I'm not discrediting that one bit. But he also came for that person that you're most likely to walk by when they're in need. That person that you just, you have, in your personal life, you don't seem like you can get past or, or have any use for. That's also the one. And so here we see a, a per example of that, well, you know, the Pharisees are probably thinking, well, yes, he did come for me. Yes, right, but, right. Yeah. But he also came for the tax collector in the center. Especially oh, yeah. for the and, tax and collectors. We so stuff. miss that. We just yeah. think uh, so often we are just like the Pharisees and yeah. the scribes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we look down at, you know, somebody says something we don't like or this or that. And quoting you, we just can't move past them. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, somebody comes into our church that isn't dressed the way that we think they yeah. should be dressed or, yeah. you know, it's whatever looks different than what we think they should look. And, um, and so we dismiss them, and we don't walk on them in. Yeah, I think I said it's Sunday at the very end. I can't wait for the Sunday that we come in and the, and the joint is packed yeah. of dope heads, drunks, <laughs> street people, yeah. lawyers, right. bankers, middle-class guys, full of Because that's ultimately what the church should be. Yeah, right? You don't see it on the pamphlets much, though. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. Um I do. This is a story. I, I will withhold names, um, but we did have a, a person come one point that had fuchsia hair, mm. and I know another person in our church made this statement. It's amazing the people that we let in here. <laughs> so, so I'm, I will share a likely story, <clears throat> uh, a similar story rather, uh, and I'll share names because it was me. Uh, there was a, <laughs> uh, when I was a teenager, I had uh, my goatee was dyed bright red or purple. My, I had a mohawk straight up that was red, green, or purple, depending on what day it was. I see pictures of that. Uh, and, and I also sang in the choir at our little church. And and it took one week after I, I started wearing that haircut for somebody to come up to my mom and be like, why do you let him come to church looking like that? She said, he's in there. He's yeah. singing in the choir. Yeah. He's he's active in it. Right. Why would I tell him not to? <laughs> you yeah. know. And so it was, it was so funny. Um you know, it, now granted, privately, my mother hated that haircut and would yeah. berate me for it many times. But um, yeah, you never know, and it's it's one of those things where we just we should always we should always remember. Yes, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for for Dan Amos, for Hank, for Mona. But that's not where it stopped. No, he died for that person again. That that you cringe every time you see them, you know, you, you avoid in the supermarket or whatever. Um, don't forget that. Where did it, where did, where did we go wrong, man? And you got to dress a certain way right. to come to church. Right. You know, I mean, I don't care. I had a guy a few weeks ago, he came in and he had on a muscle shirt, you know, on <laughs> bicep showing and all this. And he goes, Hey preacher, look, I got, we're going to like a family function, right? A uh, family cookout right after this. So, I don't want you to think I just dress like this, like I didn't care. I'm like, well, I don't care. Yeah. Right. And he sort of looked at me, and it's sort of a new guy mm-hmm. around here. And I said, I, I really don't care. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, 
I'd rather have you here mm-hmm. yep. in that shirt and shorts than staying at home and having on jeans and a, <laughs> yeah. a button up three piece yeah. suit, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, you're here. That's what yep. matters. Right. Right. And so we have to always, we are so pharisaical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we are. And, and we think we're better than people or, you know, I can't sit in service because that person over there mm-hmm. would, ah, you know, who cares? Don't even talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, just come, man. Well, and as we look, we see that it's the tax collectors and the sinners who were drawing near to um, to hear him. And and um, the and what are the Pharisees? The Pharisees and scribes are are grumbling. But listen to what they say about Jesus. They say, "This man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them." And that receiving is that Jesus is giving them access to Himself. Yeah. And so, um, so I mean. Honestly, the Pharisees were seeing the truth of Jesus. They just didn't like it. <laughs> and it was through the wrong lens. <laughs> right, yeah. It, right. That's what I love is, is, you know, it's like they say, even a, a broken clock is, is right twice a day. You know, they're absolutely right. And, and thank God they're right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, granted, they, they said it for the wrong reasons, but um, it's, it's just, we get so hung up on this of, of saying, well, Jesus died for me. And Jesus died for people that I enjoy being around, or people that that make me feel secure in myself. But those that because and this goes back to your question, Hank. A lot of the time, the reason that we're we're so against people who are different than us in the church is because they make us uncomfortable. Yeah, we can't put them in a nice tidy box. Things get messy, and you've mentioned especially before, uh, new believers can can be quote unquote messy. You know, they they may come with a lot of baggage. They may not fully understand what it is they're they're becoming part of, and we want to just shove them to the side as much as possible and focus on what we would consider the traditional believers that don't right. rock the boat too much. Right. You know, um, but I think that's what it is. I think we're scared because it points out that there's people other than ourselves involved in this thing. And you know who really struggles with forgiveness? Those who really have not lived that wild life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I go back to um, Luke chapter 7. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Yeah. Mm. It's when we see ourselves as having, not having, and let me let me go back, let me correct something I said. Those that think they didn't have to be forgiven mm-hmm. a lot. Right, right. Mm. Let, me, let me rephrase that. Right. It's when we have that idea that, oh, well, I wasn't really a bad person, so God didn't have to use all forgiveness on me. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that other – you don't think you ought to forgive much. Mm-hmm. This chick uh, – let me just read. He said um, – then turned to the woman. He said to Simon, you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet to wash their dirty, mm-hmm. stinky feet because he didn't want his stinky feet near the next mm-hmm. person at the table. Um, she's wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Hair, the glory of the woman mm-hmm. in these times. You gave me no kiss, a time of, of gentle sweetness. But from the time I came, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. Mm-hmm. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. She broke that big bottle that had been mm-hmm. saving up. So these Pharisees and this guy Simon thought he didn't need to forgive much because he was a Pharisee and he was, a, or, you know, what, a scribe or whatever. He's like, well, I'm religious. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't care about your religiosity. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. word. Or big word. <laughs> you know, we, we tend to lose. W- yeah. We Well, I dress nice, and I 
I dress this way then. You know, your dress, and I'm more and more about this, man. Your dress is just a work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You're not getting closer to Jesus because you wear a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. You know, you get closer to Jesus because you're forgiven and you live for him and you read your Bible. And I love, and this was probably something you said and never thought a second time about, but it's been a while that you said not wearing a suit and tie also doesn't make you any better yeah. or closer yeah. to God yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, both, both ways. Yeah, because yeah. so, so many get said, well, you know, I wear jeans and T-shirt or whatever because I'm not religious. I'm better. No, it, it's just yeah. it's what you chose to wear. It doesn't make you any closer or, or less close to, to Jesus. Yeah, that goes, yeah, good point. That cuts both ways. Yeah. Right. But you can be just as hypocritical wearing jeans and a mm-hmm. T-shirt. Say, so, well, this guy, this guy, you know, must be really old school. He's wearing a tie. He's wearing a, you know, he's, he's just Maybe being religious. Maybe this is what he wants to wear. Maybe he's completely sold out. Yeah. You know, all right. So, which thought? Well, because um, we're about to go to verse three. I know, and so I sh- what I'm realizing though is I should have included verse three with, with <laughs> verse one and two because it still is part of the introduction. Because as I was reading this, and and you read verse three, so he told them this parable, and and at first this morning when I read that and was thinking about it, and I thought, so <laughs> this parable. I mean, we know this parable and we we know this parable about finding the lost sheep and, and all of that is very true. But but the significance of this parable being told to the scribes and Pharisees based on what how what they were grumbling about him receiving sinners and tax collectors. Yeah. So um so this whole the, the his reason for for telling them this parable is linked directly back to their yeah. attitude yeah. Um, towards these tax collectors and sinners who were doing what they should have been doing and weren't, they were not right. drawing near to him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you, you hit on something there on that last part. The, uh, the, they, I'm going to tell myself, so I'm, I'm going to, you can't see it, but I'm pointing to myself while I say this. So often we'll see, Again, a lot of times it's new believers who, who, you know, have accepted Christ but but haven't grown up in the church culture or whatever we want to call it. Um, we'll see them doing something in earnest. I mean, you know, fervently worshiping God, and we say, "Well, look at them. Mm-hmm. Look, they're just a little too much. You know, they're they're just new. They're what." But it's because it makes us uncomfortable because we're we realize that we've not stayed on fire for Christ. We don't have that same hunger that we started with. Yeah. And so, so often we're like, well, look at them. They Well, just two weeks ago, they were doing this, there, the other thing. When it's really not even about them, it's about you recognize, you being convicted, not liking it. We get know? over getting saved. Yeah. Yeah. Which we should never do. Right. And that's the reason John writing um, to the back, I think back to the church at Ephesus, I'm not proud, in First John, he talks about young men. Mm-hmm. Men and fathers, mm-hmm. and really, you need all groups, right? Because you know some of the the older men, you know, they're in the short rows, and there's just like I'm gonna cruise on in. They begin to get lax, and mm-hmm. worship may may falter a little bit. These young men are right there; they're doing the work. And sometimes mm-hmm. when we're doing the work, we can get focused not on the worship, but just the right. work. Mm-hmm. But you get them young ones, those babies. Yeah. Man, they're just like, especially you get some old boy that got radically changed. Mm-hmm. Man, they going crazy about some Jesus. But we have to be careful is the other two groups, sometimes we'll look at them like, you just need to calm down. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going, no, you don't. Yeah, right, right. You yeah. guys need to get some of what he got. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> so anyway, we good? We, we, we get all the meat off that bone? 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> good. So then he goes in there and he begins it talking about these sheep. What if, what man of you having a hundred, how much time we got? Six minutes? Are you kidding me? See, it was so close. I knew it. <laughs> I was surprised why I didn't try to draw it out. Well, I didn't know how much time we had. You are over there being stingy. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We can get started at yep. least. You know, what if he has a hundred sheep? If he's lost on them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go find the one that is lost. And and so often you may think, well, what's the big deal? You got ninety-nine left. Well, who cares? Okay. Jesus cares. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a thought that really bugs me about. I'm just going to be honest about people that have. Um, well, Calvinistic leanings. It's as if Jesus doesn't care right. about some people. Mm-hmm. Does that not detract from his grace and mercy that he doesn't care? Yep. Well, it goes against it, which he can't I mean, go against it. So Let me quote Mona Feldman. <laughs> he cannot act contrary to his character. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, seriously... So I don't care. I'm just going to make these dudes for hell. That that's yeah. crazy. Right, yeah. right. Doesn't make any sense. It it doesn't align with any aspect of who we know God to be. No. Yeah. And so if if that's your thought that okay, I've got these hundred sheep, one of them goes astray. It's as if God's over there going, well, you screwed that up. Right. Yep. Just go on. You get what you get. You deserve it. Right. Yep. Well, we know we do deserve it, but that's not His grace and mercy. Right. Which trumps our deserving of mm-hmm. total banishment from him. Right. And so I don't I don't understand how anybody can go there and go, well, that one's not important. Mm-hmm. And I know and and all right, let's go back to what we talked about earlier. How we look at some people and say they don't have a right to have yeah. it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm I mean, I'm gonna go to the guys of Hitler, Stalin, mm-hmm. those horrific people. This may be controversial to some people. They had just as much right to Jesus as we did. Absolutely. They were created for the same purpose we were. Right. They, you know, I forgot who said it first, but save grace, there be I. Mm -hmm. You never know the darkness of your heart Mm -hmm. or how far it can go. Right. So this, and it's always has, and I think about that one, and I'm so thankful that he came after me. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And so as I heard a young lady quote this week, I feel like everybody should have the same opportunity that I had to come Mm -hmm. to Jesus. Yes. Absolutely. And if you don't feel that way, and I say this with love, you need to check your salvation. Mm -hmm. If you think certain people deserve hell, I don't think you got it. Right. Right. Well, and what we see here is that we see, and you mentioned it, but just emphasizing again, we see Jesus, that the shepherd going after that one. And you stopped before the last phrase of verse four, the saying, until he finds it. Yeah. And so that shepherd goes after that sheep and never quits until yeah. he finds it. And, um, and Whether so, dead or alive. Right, right. And so Jesus, I mean, God <laughs> is... 
He came to seek and to save the lost. And his desire is that all men would would come to salvation. I believe it says that in the Bible. And that, yes. And so. I believe it's first sprinkled Timothy. in there. Somewhere. I think it's first Timothy chapter two, somewhere around verse four. I mean, I, I don't know for Something sure. like that. <laughs> you know. So we know, so we know that that's what Jesus does though, is that he, he doesn't just say, throw his hands up and say, well, you chose to walk away. You chose to leave. He says, you've left, but I'm coming after you. All right, I'm about to bust over here. So, so the man's been doing the I'm, little. I got I'm a pee dance you, over there. I mean, he has dumbfounds me. This is one of those. Like I said, I went into say, well, I know this one, no big deal. And there's been. I mean, I I woke up. First thing I was thinking about was the scripture. It, it's nuts. Um, so first of all, the uh, a lot of times again we get caught on this. Well, I was that one, and he can't. Please don't get over that again. You know, <laughs> never, never not get excited about that. At the same time, think of why this was being told. It wasn't just to to remind us that we're the sheep. It's to say that as Christ followers, we're to have that same attitude. Yeah. That that one that the world has written off is the one that God wants you to share the gospel with. Not just, you know, not the 99. Those are the easy ones to share the gospel with because they probably already know it and they're doing pretty good. No, it's the one that the world has said, well, just let them go. And or uh, or or the church has said it. Yes. And so we need to. Oh, you know, there's a lot of ones in that category. Right. right there. You know, because that's true. And in, in, um, but rather than be like the scribes and Pharisees who's who grumbled because Jesus was allowing the tax collectors and sinners to draw near to them and he was receiving them, accepting them favorably and letting them be close to him. Rather than that, when we see somebody who has wandered away from the from the church, mm-hmm. from their faith, from whatever, that we need to go with Jesus and actively pursue them to mm. bring them back. And it goes back to the attitude you were just talking about. If and this is another thing I've stolen from you. If you don't weep over the lost, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the problem. We don't weep over the lost. We don't, we have literally become practicing universalists. Mm-hmm. The, the Christian Christians have. Yeah. We think everybody's going to heaven, so we don't need to share the gospel. That's not true. They'll be fine. I don't really need to, yeah. yeah. And so the other thing that that stood out to me, and, and I'm holding back until next week because there's other things, but, yeah, but the uh, the the one that number keeps keeps standing out, and part of it I'll, I'll talk about next week. But the other, the the part I want to hit on real quick is it points to salvation. He he died for all of us, but all of us individually. Yeah, yeah. meaning that. That there is so much care that if you, you know, it didn't have to be, he didn't wait until 10 sheep walked away, one, and that's the one he's going after. So it, it points again to, yes, he died for all of us, but he died for each and every one I, of I us. heard a sermon a while back, and, and the guy said that same thing, and I may have mentioned it on here. We tend to think he died for us corporately. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this many people are going to accept me, and we know he knew the number, and mm-hmm. so I just died for them corporately. no. Right, he died for you individually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. That makes such a difference. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, it's just like what you, you have taught, and and then I was able to grab hold of and share with people in Brazil, and now I wrote a blog for it. Um, but just that when John three sixteen says that for God so loved the world, yes, 
it's meaning the whole entire um, totality of the people in the world. But just as you said, um, that a forest is made up of trees. And mm -hmm. so the world, the totality of the world is made up as, of individual people. And so God loved each and every single individual enough to send Jesus. And, and so that's the thing that we I want to finish telling them how you do it. <laughs> well, and so, I mean, when what I, do you do, what do you, what when do you, mean? you use that verb? Oh yes. So, I mean, I'll never forget because it was really the first time that I did it, but I'll never forget when I was sharing with teenage girls in Brazil and, um, and took that verse and instead of reading it with the world, read it with their name, um, mm -hmm. for God so loved, um, and I, her name, I had it 30 seconds ago, but, um, just say Hank <laughs> <laughs> for God. So loved Hank that he sent his I love only to hear son. That. I right, love to hear it. right. So put your name in that blank. Um, but when I told those girls that and the tears that just fell because, and I said to them, because it's true that if you were the only person on this earth, God would have still sent Jesus to save you from your sins um, because he loved you that much. and But we forget that. Mm -hmm. We forget Absolutely. that one, like yeah. Dan has said, we, whether it's ourselves or whether it's somebody that we know or a stranger that we see on the street, we forget. We do that because it it, it makes us feel better about ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm just clumped in with everybody. No, he died for your sins, mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. You were the sinner. Mm -hmm. right? You were the lost sheep. Right. You were the one out of the will of God. Because I'm just telling you, when we when we think of it corporately, we're going, well, I'm just in there with everybody else. Mm -hmm. no, no mm -hmm. But when it becomes personal, yes, that's when it, it becomes real. Right. Mm -hmm. I had a couple sitting in my office yesterday, and I talked to them about the fact that God died for... Now, I want you guys to think about this. Mm. When he was on the cross, and we read that he took sin... On him, mm -hmm. the wrath of uh, the cup of God's wrath. Mm -hmm. That cup was made up of every sin of every person. Right. How tremendous must that moment have been? Right. And we wonder why Jesus said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken mm -hmm. me?" Mm -hmm. Can you imagine of the what? It what was the number of uh, hundred billion yes. people or something? Mm -hmm. And all of their sin right. was laid upon him. Mm -hmm. I, how did he take it? I mean, he's God, yeah. But good gravy, man. And Hank's sin. I was about to say, not not this vague idea of sin, but every individual every sin. Every individual right. sin. Right. Yeah. Yep. He paid our sin. And, and then you get, now we look at it like, all right, everybody has sins. But then you read what John the Baptist says, who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. So when you take them all, the plurality of the all, of them all, but then you make them the singularity of it mm -hmm. in one cup. Mm -hmm. yeah. What an overwhelming. Right, right. And so again, to take that, what we see as the totality and take it yeah. down to the individual that, that it was... Your sin, your sin was part of that. Your, it was your sin. It wasn't just the sin of the world. It was your sin. Yeah. Individually. So Dan's over there going, circle this. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> After I blather on for a while there. Well, all right. So one big thought, and then we'll, we'll finish it up next week. 
So <laughs> here's mine. I'll give you mine first. Okay. God loves you and died for you. Yes. You. Because ultimately, you can't worry about you. I want to say something makes you hear me. Yes, we worry about other people's salvation, but you better make sure your personal salvation. Mm-hmm. Because you make sure you got it right. Right. You can't get into heaven on somebody else's. So. That's right. That's right. Um, and I would say I would just go back to those words of what um, is happening when Jesus tells this parable parable. And so the tax collectors and the sinners are drawing near and Jesus is receiving them. When we draw near to God, he receives us and, and he's not hard to find. Um, all we have to do is, is turn our face to him and draw near to him and he will be found by us. Um, mine is just, you know, we were talking about being called to go after that one as Christ imitators. And you can't do that unless you have the love of Christ for that person. Amen. You can't you can't share the gospel with hate. Yep. And there you go. We got past verse two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that your blood still has power. Your desire is still for lost sinners. And God help us to be working for you, with you, by your power, to share the good news of Jesus to everybody we encounter. Because you are desiring that all would come to that saving knowledge of you. And so, Lord, just be with us, Lord. We do pray. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church. I got my home slice, Miss Mona. Hey, hey. I got my main man, DJ Jellybean Amos over there. Yep, yep. In case you guys wonder what his last name was. <laughs> and, um, and I'm Hank Meadows. God bless you guys. Bye, y'all.